Welcome to Transportation Radio. I'm your host, Bernie Wagonblast, and today we begin a series profiling various ITS organizations. This series is sponsored by Econolite, solutions that move the world. I'm pleased to welcome to our inaugural program, Josh Peterman. Josh is the chairman of the board of ITS California, and Josh is also a principal and director of engineering for Fair and Peers in Walnut Creek, California. Josh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Bernie. It's great to be here. Thanks for the uh, opportunity. Josh, I'd like to start off with a bit of background about ITS California. For those who aren't familiar with ITS California, obviously it's one of the state chapters of ITS America, but each of the state chapters has its own unique history. Tell me a bit about ITS California, if you would, please. ITS California does have a varied history. We are a state chapter, one of the state chapters of ITS America. As you said, we started out as an organization called the California Alliance for Advanced Transportation System, or CATS. And in fact, on some of our tax documentation, we're still known as CATS. And I believe that was started in uh, 2003 or thereabouts before my time with the organization. And it was started as a partnership between Caltrans and California PATH. It's kind of an academic institution. It's a, it's a think tank associated with UC Berkeley, among other UCs. So it was really a partnership between PATH and Caltrans that created the California Alliance for Advanced Transportation Systems. And it was not that long ago, maybe five or six years, maybe seven years, that they actually changed the name to ITS California, which had to do with some of the funding, which uh, we'll get to a little bit later. But it became ITS California, and it became more of a trade organization rather than a a research organization uh, that was tied to PATH and Caltrans. You mentioned that Caltrans was one of the founders of ITS California and even provided some of the initial funding for the organization. How has that changed and what's the relationship with Caltrans today? It's a good question and it's one that I can give you my best answer based on what I know and I wasn't there back at the inception. But Caltrans was one of the founders, as I said, and they basically floated all of what was then known as CATS uh, with a huge grant to the organization. And so in our beginnings, we were funded almost completely by Caltrans. So it wasn't really some of the initial funding. It was almost all of the initial funding. And today, Caltrans is a respected partner and one of our biggest members, but they are not nearly that kind of a sponsor of our organization. Caltrans does sit on our board. Greg Larson is involved in the research arm of Caltrans over in Sacramento. And so he sits on our board. He's a non-voting member Every organization has sponsorship levels, and Caltrans is one of our biggest sponsors. They always come in at a high level and send a lot of people to our our annual meetings and our conference. Our relationship with Caltrans is very healthy. It has changed over the years, but because we're so, as an organization, we're so interested in deployment of ITS in California, and a lot of that ITS is deployed on the state highway system, we almost by requirement need to have a great relationship with Caltrans. So we try really hard to keep that relationship healthy and alive. With California being such a big state stretching all the way from the Mexican border to the Oregon border, how do you manage to engage organizations in both the southern and northern parts of the state? 
Well, it's a good question and one that we realized early on. California, being such a big state, has entities that don't associate with each other. So Northern California thinks of itself as a completely different region than Southern California. And then within Northern and Southern California, of course, there are subregions. I'm not going to pretend for one second that we are trying to reach every part of California. There are admittedly some parts of the state that don't get a lot of attention from our organization. One example is the Central Valley, sort of the Sacramento, Fresno, Bakersfield. They do have ITS, but because it's such a big area, difficult to get to for a lot of our members, we spend probably less time than I'd really like to in that area. Along those same lines, we've probably never had an event north of the wine country in the North Bay, so never north of Napa. And we go as far as San Diego. So Sandag, for example, is is one of our bigger members. And so that's sort of where we really focus. If you look at the regions that we cover, it's really kind of the San Francisco Bay Area and sort of L.A. down to San Diego. And then we separate those because they are such different parts of the state and hard to get to. We have two different subcommittees on our board. One is responsible for Northern California, and the other one is responsible for Southern California. And each committee is responsible for their own events. Carol Cooster from MTC, she manages our our Northern California chapter. And so we have luncheons and technology sessions. We try to do it monthly. Maybe it's every other month on a whole range of topics. We just had one. We had a partnership with Prospect Silicon Valley down in the in the South Bay area near San Jose talking about connected vehicles and big data. And it's kind of the first partnership we've had with an agency like Prospect Silicon Valley that is really an incubator of startups in the connected vehicle arena. And then in, in Southern California, we do kind of the same thing. We have events in Los Angeles and Orange County that are usually two to four hour technology showcases and we bring in speakers that are doing interesting things in the ITS arena. And we typically team up. Our organization as it is can draw a good audience, but often we'll team up with folks like the Institute of Transportation Engineers. We'll team up with other professional organizations because we do have an overlap in the topics we present. So that kind of answers the question of how we engage both northern and and southern parts of the state. We don't try to do it at the same time. We do it completely separately. We embrace the fact that they are different regions. And then we do partner with other organizations also in those parts of the states to have some really great events. California is also the home of Silicon Valley. Tell me a bit about the relationship you have with the tech companies located there, not all of whom are necessarily focused on transportation exclusively. We've just begun a relationship with the tech sector in the Silicon Valley, as as you said. I'll give you some examples. There are folks like Google, for example, and Waze that are doing things that everybody knows about in the transportation sector. Google, for example, has their self-driving vehicle. They also now own Waze, who for anybody that has a smartphone, they've probably played with the Waze app that is a crowdsourced way of getting from A to B. And I'm not a spokesman for either of those companies, but they are doing things that we have always considered to be under the umbrella of of intelligent transportation. And because they are private companies, they have resources and ways of doing things that aren't subject to, you know, a typical local agency, for example. So we've really reached out 
to a lot of those companies to partner in some of our luncheon sessions and in our annual meeting. One of our keynote speakers, for example, is from Google. We are going to hear about their Google driverless car program. A lot of these companies are trying to develop their own software and hardware, and we don't want to get in the way of that. However, they are realizing now that a lot of their potential customers and buyers are our members. So Waze, for example, is doing things now with the city of Los Angeles, helping broadcast some of the data that the city collects. Here in Walnut Creek, where I'm sitting, there are companies that take the Bluetooth data that the city of Walnut Creek is collecting, and they will broadcast it on their app. Uh, the city of Walnut Creek also is entering into teaming arrangements with companies like Connected Signals, which is another startup that if you have their app, it will broadcast what the traffic signal phase and timing is doing in your car. As more of these tech companies realize that the people they are trying to reach are our members, they are becoming more likely to team with us on these events so that they can reach our members and we can also collaborate with them. It's now finally becoming a win-win. We'll continue our discussion with Josh Peterman in just a moment after this word from our sponsor, Econolite. Established in 1933, Econolite is a leading provider of comprehensive traffic management solutions, intelligent transportation systems, and infrastructure engineering services. Committed to the advancement of connected vehicle and other innovative technologies, Econolite solutions ease traffic congestion, optimize traffic signal operations, and provide safer mobility. Be sure to visit Econolite and its connected vehicle demonstration at the upcoming ITS California annual meeting, September 21st to the 23rd at the LAX Hilton. For more information, go to EconolyteGroup.com. You mentioned Google and their self-driving vehicles. California was one of the first states in the country to have autonomous vehicles operating on public roadways. Do you think there have been lessons learned by Caltrans, police, and other agencies that might have application elsewhere as autonomous vehicles start to hit the roadways? In California, as with most states, the relationship or the allowance for these companies to test their vehicles goes through the Department of Motor Vehicles. That is the case here. The DMV is the agency that can say whether these vehicles are allowed to operate and if so, what the rules are. So there's a, whole, a handful of states now that allow folks like Google to test their vehicles. And we had Bernard Soriano, the head of the DMV. He was one of our headline speakers at last year's conference. And so we talked to him from time to time just, just to learn what's new in terms of rulemaking. The DMV between last year and this year has lowered the bar, if you will, on, on who can test and what the insurance requirements are. So last year at this time, for example, the DMV only allowed vehicles to test in a very controlled environment. And now I believe they can operate multiple vehicles, but there's a very high insurance requirement, of course. And the only way that we interface with Google in, in these sorts of situations, we have tried on occasion to have them demonstrate their vehicles, and it's still not an easy task. I would say that in this state and any other state, in order to get Google or any other driverless vehicle manufacturer to come you know, showcase their vehicle at a conference, you still have to go find a big swath of pavement that is not open to the public, um, and then there's all sorts of insurance requirements. So it's still not easy, but it's possible this year where it wasn't last year. So we're keeping up with the DMV and keeping the conversations current with 
the folks from Tesla and Google and Bosch and these other autonomous vehicle manufacturers to see what's possible and what we're allowed to see and what we're not. You talked about some of the challenges ITS California faces operating in such a large state in some ways, almost like two separate states, Northern California and Southern California. I'm curious, has ITS California undertaken any joint ventures with other ITS America state chapters? Not yet, at least not while I've been at the helm and not while I've been on the board. I can see the potential for partnering on occasion with with Nevada, just because there are some companies that consider the uh, sort of Lake Tahoe, Reno area to be part of the California region, and it's not that hard to get to, and it's also a pretty place to have events. I could foresee having having events there, but so far we haven't really had any joint ventures with other state chapters. We do talk, ITS America has a state chapters council that we are active in, and so we're always talking to these other state chapters, what has worked well, what hasn't. For example, I just had a conversation with the folks up at ITS Washington who are trying to restart their chapter after a few years of not having one. And so it's just an exchange of information with these folks. And then at the ITS America annual meeting every year, there's a state chapter strengthening workshop. I'm not saying that ITS California doesn't collaborate with anybody because we do. And we've learned a lot from what the other chapters are doing. For more geographic reasons than anything else, it just doesn't make sense to have any joint events with state chapters that are around us. We're recording this interview a few weeks before the ITS California annual meeting. Can you give us a preview of some of the highlights that folks can look forward to? Yeah, you've mentioned it's a few weeks away, and every time I hear that, I get more nervous. The annual meeting is our biggest event every year. So just a little bit of background on the annual meeting. We we have one every year, and it flip-flops every year between Northern and Southern California. So last year, we had it in Santa Clara, right across the street from the new Levi Stadium. And this year, it's going to be in Los Angeles, uh, right near LAX. The LAX Hilton has redone their hotel and conference center, so it's a great venue. And we've opted to have it there. It's also a great venue because it has a large area of parking nearby that we will use. And I'll tell you about that in a second. But let me give you some of the conference highlights. We always started off with sort of an opening panel. But what we like to do is rather than just have one celebrity or keynote come and talk to everybody for an hour, we try to uh, have a sort of a, a question and answer panel Four very different examples of folks from public sectors. So we've got Malcolm Doherty who's the director of Caltrans. We've got Peter Marks, who's the chief information officer for the city of Los Angeles. Uh, Greg Winfrey, the USDOT. Paul Copping, we've, we've got somebody uh, this time from outside of the US. Paul Copping is with Digital Greenwich and bringing a European perspective. They're doing some very interesting things there with regard to big data and the internet of things. So we'll get his perspective as well. So I will pepper those four folks with questions for the first hour. Sticking on the keynote theme, we've got Paul Feenstra from ITS America. Paul is their guru of government affairs, and we always lean on ITS America to understand what's going on with the feds in terms of funding and rulemaking. So Paul's going to fly out and give us a flavor of what he's been seeing there. And there's a lot of activity right now. They are back in session now, so he'll be able to give us the play-by-play. And then on Tuesday, as I mentioned, We've got Google. So Dmitry Dolgov is their main software developer. He's in charge of the, the software for their Google X driverless car project. So he'll come tell us about what's been going on at Google, what they've recently been doing in Austin, what they're doing in California, and what their plan is over the next decade. So those are sort of the keynote highlights. 
and that leaves a lot of a lot of room open for some really great technical sessions on the advancements of connected vehicles and truck automation. We've got sort of an environmental perspective in one session. We've got a whole session on smart cities. We've got an interesting session. You know, we've never had a session on cybersecurity before, but now the advent of autonomous vehicles and what happened to Jeep not long ago, having a whole session on cybersecurity is, is important. Uh, we've got a session on transit. And then, of course, the ever-popular session on finance and funding. So we always think it's very important to have some really meaty technical sessions for folks to come and learn and network. You know, for some people, this is their only opportunity to see what is happening in other parts of the state and actually talk to folks. So they get to come and rub elbows with them and ask technical questions. We also give them chances to network without having to listen to technical sessions. So we've got networking sessions throughout the whole conference. We've got a great exhibit hall. I think we've got 35 to 40 exhibitors, and we're going to give a lot of time for folks to come visit and uh, sort of play with the widgets that each of these exhibitors has. There will be a raffle in the hall also. I don't see how we can possibly pack this much activity into into two and a half days, but if that wasn't enough, we have two technical tours. We've got a tour of, uh, you wouldn't realize, I mean, maybe you would realize it, but uh, LAX has its own response and coordination sort of management center. So we're going to take a tour of their airfield as well as the management center. We'll be taking a tour of the port of Long Beach, which is uh, less than half an hour away, so people can geek out, if you will, on, on what happens at big ports. And then finally, uh, last but not least, we have demonstrations. So I mentioned the parking lots, and we have this year demonstrations of all sorts of connected vehicle technology. So uh, we've got folks like Denso and Arata Systems showcasing sort of the latest and greatest is with regard to connected vehicle technology. And it's not all static. Uh, I believe Bosch will have a truck there with all of its technology as well as a vehicle outfitted with connected vehicle sensors and radar sensors. So people will get the opportunity to actually drive in one of these vehicles that they uh, may not have had a, a chance to before. And then at the end of the conference, we'll be offering some free training offered by ITS America on connected vehicles. They call it Connected Vehicle 102, but it's the next step of the Connected Vehicle 101, which we offered at our annual meeting last year. So somehow we managed to pack all of that stuff in, in two and a half days. It's going to be a whirlwind and it's going to be awesome. Josh, it sounds like a lot to look forward to in Los Angeles. For those who would like more information about the ITS California annual meeting, you can click on the link that accompanies this podcast. I've been talking with Josh Peterman, the chairman of the board of ITS California, and also a principal and director of engineering for Fair and Peers. Josh, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Bernie. I appreciate it, and uh, hopefully I'll see you and your listeners at the conference in L.A.